at how to be an awesome, supportive minister. We started last month. We started last month talking about um, being a supportive minister, and basically what that just means is is being the best that we can be for our church, for our pastors, for Pastor Marvin and Miss Patty, and for one another. A supportive minister, the best. And uh, I'd gotten a lot of my information from a book called In Search of Timothy by, um, I'm forgetting his name now, Tony Cook, excuse me. Um, but In Search of Timothy, excellent book. Um, and, he, and he talks about Timothy because Timothy was just, from the, if you read the Bible, you can see that he was just a, uh, a very great supportive minister. Um, but we'll read, a, we'll read a, a verse here in just a second. And uh, let me get over here. My, when I got, um, I typed all this up on my iPad earlier today. And then when I got here just a little while ago, it was all gone. And so I said, okay, no problem. Jesus is, Jesus is awesome. Still more awesome. And uh, so what we'll do is we'll read uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 19 through 22. We'll start with that. You guys ready? Yes, sir. Are you guys ready to hear? Yes, sir. I said earlier that we um, you know, get ready, get our hearts, our minds ready. Um, make sure you guys are listening. Um, it's not so much what I'm saying, but it's what God's saying. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I've been in services before where the minister said something, and he wasn't even he wasn't even talking about what really you know something come alive inside me when he said something, and he wasn't even really talking about the way that it affected me, the thing that I thought about. Uh, he wasn't even talking about that. But how many of you guys know that God's word is alive? It is alive. And it just comes alive in us, you know. And so, so you guys be ready and prepared. And uh, and I believe that God will, you know, I pray for you guys all the time that that God will, um, that God enlightens stuff to you guys, that he shows you stuff, gives you answers, and gives you uh, solutions. But 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 2, uh, verse 19 through 22. I don't know why I keep saying 2 Timothy. It's Philippians, isn't it? It's because we're talking about Timothy. That's why. I, I always do that. I, when, I, when I think about this verse, I always, go to, I always go to 2 Timothy. I go, yeah, it's in 2 Timothy. No, it's not. It's in Philippians. It's in Philippians, too. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon. This is Paul talking. So that I, too, may be cheered by news of you. For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. They all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know Timothy's proven worth, how as a son with a father, he has served with me in the gospel. Now, um, that, that right there is, just shows us how awesome Timothy was. Because of all the ministers that served with Paul. I mean, if you read the Bible, there's lots of people that served with Paul. But Paul, Paul only points out Timothy as saying that only he, only he will look after your your well-being. I can, only, I can only look to him that he'll do the best job. That's, that's weird, isn't it? You would think Paul the Apostle would have a bunch of guys that were just willing. 
But he said that a lot of people just seek their own interests, and they don't seek they don't seek God's um, they don't seek God's interest. Well, tonight, um, last month when we talked about uh, supportive ministry, uh, we talked a little bit about principles and examples of supportive ministry. Tonight, we're going to look at some traits um, some traits of supportive ministers. In his book, he has a bunch. He he names off a bunch in the in Tony Cook's book in Search of Timothy, but I'm only going to um, look at two or three. I'm going to look at three because you guys don't want to be here till eleven tonight, right? <laughs> so we're just going to cover um, we're just going to cover three. The first one, and it's our first point, is supportive ministers are faithful. And um, I know that when we when we look at this word faithful, there's a lot of different we get a lot of different ideas about what faithful faithfulness is. But you know, one of the greatest um, definitions, or the the way I've heard faithfulness to be explained, was was how Pastor Marvin tells us, you know, we've all heard him say before that if he was faithful to his wife for, let's just say he lived for, let's say Pastor Marvin lived for 200 years, all right? Him and Miss Patty just were, they were just, man, they were just so much in God's presence all the time that they lived 200 years. And, and, Pat, and Pastor Marvin was faithful to Miss Patty for 199 years and 364 days. But on one day, he was unfaithful. Then he's not faithful. But wait a minute, what about all that time he was faithful? But it didn't matter if there's one, right? I mean, that's the way we look at it. No, he was, you were unfaithful. So God wants us to be faithful completely. Y'all understand? Completely faithful. And that's kind of, you know, that's kind of what, where we're going to go. But I have some kind of some definitions of the word faithful here to give you guys. Worthy of trust, reliable, diligent, dependable. Thorough, punctual, consistent, constant, honest, and exceeds expectations. That's what faithfulness is. Not what we kind of think faithfulness is. Well, I was faithful for 199 years and 364 days, but that one time, unfaithful. Now, I want to ask you guys, are we, are we faithful to God? Are we faithful to our families? Are we faithful to our jobs? Are we faithful to our friends? Are we faithful? Are we faithful completely? I know I'm not. I could do better. Can we all do better? And that's kind of what I, I want us to think about. I don't want it to be a thing where we're, where we're like, well, man, I just, I'm sorry, man. I'm hor-. I don't want that. I don't want us to look like, man, we're horrible. But what I want to do is kind of encourage you guys to find in the areas in your life where, you know, I could be better. I could be more consistent. I could be more constant. I could be more punctual. I could be more. I could. I could exceed expectations even more. That's that's what I want to do. Okay. I don't want to. I don't want to bring you guys down. I want to encourage you and lift you guys up with this. All right. So we're going to look at Genesis chapter thirty-nine, and we're going to look at uh, the life of Joseph. And forgive me if I kind of speed through some of the verses, just because, um, just for the time limit, I don't want to. Um, I don't want to be reading a whole bunch um, instead of just talking with you guys. But Genesis chapter 39, and we'll look at verse 2. And, of course, at this point in Joseph's life, he was a servant, okay? He was a slave, all right? He was a slave. And it says, But the Lord was with Joseph, and he, though a slave, was a successful and prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to flourish and succeed in his hand. So Joseph pleased Potiphar, that was his master, and Joseph found favor in his sight, and he served him, 
and his master made him supervisor over his house, and he put all that he had in his charge. From the time that he made him supervisor in his house and over all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake, and the Lord's blessing was on all that he had in the house and in the field. And Potiphar left all that he had in Joseph's charge and paid no attention to anything he had except the food he ate. And I'm going to stop right there and just kind of look at some things here. I believe that Joseph, I believe that Joseph was faithful to God. You know, the Bible says that God was with him. Now, we don't know what, we don't know what Joseph necessarily did. It doesn't really say what did Joseph do for the Lord to be with him. But evidently, we kind of have some ideas, right? Joseph, uh, Joseph was probably a lot of those definitions that I said earlier about being, about being faithful. He was probably an honest man. You know, we, we do know by this that, that whatever he was doing, he must have been obeying his master. He must have been obeying him because his master wouldn't be pleased. He must have been pleasing. He must have been obeying God. He must have been doing what he knew God wanted him to do. And he was looking out for his friends, his uh, his peers, because it said the guy put him in charge of everything. <clears throat> excuse me, and everything that he did prospered. So the guy puts him in charge, and everything was successful and good. And I, and I like this last part here. That's why I kind of stopped. It says that Joseph was an attractive person and fine looking. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I, 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 when I was looking at this scripture verse, I looked at a bunch of different versions, and this one just was the one that was funniest to me. And fine, everybody say, "I'm fine looking." <laughs> that's, that's just funny, isn't it? But you know, but I think Joseph was fine looking because he was faithful to God. Pastor Marvin just said a few minutes ago, "The Word of God's like a mirror." Have you guys ever thought about what Jesus looks like? I, he was fine looking. I have, a, I have a feeling that Jesus was probably a pretty good looking guy. I have a feeling. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what he looks like. But I have a feeling he does. And I do know that if you'll do what God's word says, you'll begin to get better looking. You just will. It just the word, is, the word is good. And you, it'll change you. It'll change you. You know, I always think about... Um, I always think about Abraham and Sarah. You know, it said that Sarah was like 69 years old. At one point in the Bible, when, they're, when it's telling the story of her, it said she was 69, but it said that kings wanted her. Yeah. Kings don't go after ugly women. Yeah. They don't. And she was 69 and fine looking. That's, that's pretty awesome, man. And I mean, and her and Abraham were, Abraham, her and Abraham were starting their... Faith journey, right? Faith will make you look better. Faith in God's word will make you look good. You know, um, you know, I kind of said to you guys that I kind of wanted to kind of look at the little areas, the small things in our lives, and just see where we could be better. Um, here the other day at the shop, I was at the shop and a man come in, and uh, and he had a back brace on, and and every once in a while I'd hear him go, "Oh my back, oh my back," you know, just every once in a while. Well, I, I followed him out to his car. He wanted to show me something. And, and I noticed that he was, I looked down at his shoes, and he had on tennis shoes, just low-top tennis shoes. And y'all ever seen where, where people have the backs of their tennis shoes folded over? So much so that it looks like it's almost made that way. I mean, it looks flat as can be. Well, his, his back of his shoes were folded over. And not only what, his feet weren't even in the shoe, it was off the shoe. So his toes were in, 
but his ankles were off. And he's walking all. And I'm going, that's why your back's hurting. Put your feet in your shoes the right way. But you know what? Little bitty things, right? The little bitty things, the little bitty things can really mess you up. Helen Keller was once, once she once said, I long to accomplish a great and noble task, but it is my chief duty to accomplish small tasks as if they were great and noble. And if you think about it a minute, really our life is about a lot of little things. Most of the time we're not, you know, we're not slaying giants and we're not, we're not overtaking cities, and right? We're doing the small things, right? Making sure the bed's made, making sure the dishes are washed, right? Small things. We should do all those things as if they were a great and noble task. Thomas Jefferson said, He does most in God's great world who does his best in his own little world. And then our Christ, Jesus, said in Matthew chapter 25, 21, I think, verse 21. You got that one up there, Candace? Is that one there? That one's not there. I'm drawing a blank on what it says because my note, like I say, like I was telling you guys earlier, my notes kind of all messed up. I'm getting Matthew 20, Matthew, uh, Matthew 25, 21. I believe it's the verse where he says, um, if you're, yeah, if you're the, 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 faith, the servant that was faithful and little, God said, I'll make you ruler over much. It's, it's okay. That, that's okay as long as I... Okay, thank you, Candace. Appreciate that. Yeah. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you... What does it say? Give you more responsibilities? Let's celebrate together. And so we say even here that Jesus is pointing out it's, it's the small things that we need to make sure that we take care of. Like I say, now it's not every day that we're doing really humongous big things. But there's lots of little bitty things, and God wants us to do those small things. He wants us to make sure we're taking care of the little bitty things. And you know, when, he, when we do that, when we take care of the small stuff, then God says, I'll tr- I can trust you with big stuff. Yeah. Anybody, we want to do the big stuff, right? Yeah. So the small stuff just gets us ready. Okay, let's, let's move on to our second point if we can. Um, supportive ministers are good communicators. You know, the other night... Uh, Friday night, on Friday nights we come into the church and we do praise and worship rehearsal every Friday night. And, and uh, I had come in and just had this thought that I would like to do a new song. You know, I wanted us to do a brand new one that we not, had not done. And there was a th- song that I had thought about and we haven't done it, but we have, I knew that several of us knew it. We had, we had listened to it before, but we had never really practiced it. And, and so I was just kind of telling everybody, you know, what do you guys think? And and everybody was really encouraging me, and um, I guess it's because they figured that I would sing it, you know. I guess that's, I guess, they're thinking, well, I guess he's going to sing it, so. Alicia said, I ain't going to sing it, so, yeah. But, um, but, but everybody was really encouraging me, and, um, and it seemed like a small thing. It seemed like a little, tiny little thing, um, because, you know, I, I sing all the time, and, you know. But, in, but there for a little bit, I kind of had this, I don't know if we can pull it off in two days. You know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we've we got to do it. You know, we've got to know it. And, you know, I don't want to get up here and not know it and not be able to do it well. But everybody was just in really encouraging me, Ray and Alicia and all. Everybody was just, man, they were just, man, you can do, we can do this. We can do this. Come on, Bob, you can do it. You can do it. And it seemed like small at first, but, man, I mean, it was really 
it was really something that just really encouraged me, and it was just it was all, it was huge to me. And um, and so you know the way that we communicate, sometimes it may seem like a little bitty thing, but it can be huge. It can be a huge thing to somebody we just don't ever know. Malachi chapter three verse sixteen says, "Then those who feared the Lord talked often one to another." And the Lord listened and heard it. And a book of remembrance, remembrance was written before him of those who reverenced and worshipfully feared the Lord and who thought on his name. But people, but listen to what they said. Then those who feared the Lord talked often one to another. The more that we talk, the more that we communicate, it's just going to be better, better for us. If a team doesn't talk, not going to be very much victory. Um, when you know when I I've told um, I've told all the praise and worship team before, and I know I've done it with other teams also. That listen, listen, guys, we've all we've got we've got to talk a lot. We've got to communicate with each other a lot um, because you know when we're up here and we're playing it, you know, like Alicia's over there in that uh, in the box over there, she can't hear anything we're saying really unless we talk in a microphone. You know, if we step away from a mic and, and talk, she don't she can't hear it sometimes, and so. But, but I want everybody to talk because if you don't talk and, and like, let's say that somebody can't hear very well, like, well, I can't hear or I can't hear myself, you know, then it gets frustrating. And then one day you're going to just blow up and get angry. You know what I'm saying? So I tell everybody, look, we've got to really talk. We've we really got to be ma- making sure that we're communicating, talking to one another, or, or else you get frustrated. And I, we don't want to do that, right? We want everybody to create, we want to create wins and not create failure for everybody. So I'll say, so we've got, to, um, we've got to make sure that we communicate. You know, you guys ever notice that we have two ears, one mouth? So God must have meant that we, we listen more than we, than we speak. Probably a good rule would be listen twice as much as you talk, right? That would be a good rule because then you get all the facts, you know, everything's right. Um, we kid sometimes about, um, sometimes I know I've heard my dad say it before, um, somebody will come in the shop or something and we'll, maybe he'll have a cut on his face or his chin's busted or bruised or his eyes bruised and, and my dad will say what happened did your wife say shut up and you thought she said stand up y'all understand if you misunderstood your wife when she said shut up and you thought she said stand up well you stand up it's going to make her think you're trying to stand up and then she might yeah she might blow up on you and I know that's just fun that's funny but Hopefully, I'll pray for any of you guys later that might, might be getting worked over. Pray about you and your wife. James chapter 1, verse 19. It says, So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. You know, I think he, I think he put that slow to wrath in there because he knows that things that we hear is going to make us angry sometimes. There are going to be things we hear is going to make us a little bit angry. So we have to make sure we say, okay, hang on, man. Let me process this first before I just shoot off at the mouth and then say something that you wish you hadn't said. But let's make sure that we communicate. Um, you know, I don't, mean for, I don't mean for all of us to just bombard Pastor Marvin and Miss Patty after service telling them everything. Not necessarily that. But, you know, y'all, you guys know what I'm saying. We can communicate with each other. Communicate with department leaders. You know what I'm saying? Communicate. And uh, that way we don't miss out on anything. Get things right. Get it in full. Get it to the right people. Right? 
Okay, the third point that I want to share with you guys tonight is a servant's heart. Supportive ministers have a servant's heart. And this can mean a whole bunch, right? But just be a servant. You know what do servants do? They serve. Matthew 20, verse 25 and 28, it says, But Jesus called them unto him and said, You know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and they that are great exercise authority upon them. But it will not be so among you. But whoever will be great among you, let him be your minister or your servant. And whoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto you, unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Are we giving our lives to God? Are we giving our lives to people like we should? You know, Jesus said, I, come, I came to serve, not to be served. And I know, that, I know that we all lose that from time to time. I know that we all lose that. I know that we all, I, myself, I'm not excluded. I, I know there's times where I get selfish. I get to doing things that I want to do, and I try not to. But um, that's why we are doing what we're doing tonight, right? That's why we have each other. That's why we can communicate. Uh, John 17, verse 18, Jesus said, and he was praying to God at this time, and he said, God, as you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. So the same way that God sent Jesus to, who, to be who he was, to do what he did, he sent us the same way. We're sent here to minister. We're sent here to serve. And that's kind of hard sometimes, isn't it? It's hard to serve. Very difficult. You guys remember that verse where the, where the woman came in to the house where Jesus was and it said that she, um, it said that she cried and wet his feet with her tears and used her hair to wipe his feet. Can you imagine how difficult that was? Now, I don't know how difficult, difficult it was for her because at that time it was, I know, a different time. But could you imagine doing something like that? That had to, be, that had to have been difficult. It had to have been a very, very you know, humble thing. And, um, and that's hard. That's a very hard thing. It's not, like I say, it's not a, an easy thing to be a servant. But, again, I want to encourage you guys that it's um, just in the small things, just serving in those small little areas. You know, when our, in our praise and worship team, we have several members. Um, we have several members, singers and musicians. And when just one person is missing, it's not as good. It, all, it makes us not as good. You all understand what I'm saying? And, um, you know, when God tells us to do things, and I don't know why, but at this, you know, at this point in my in my notes where I was writing, I just began to think and began to think about tithing, giving the tithe, you know, the tithe and the offering that we're to give. The Malachi Book of Malachi talks about, um, and I guess it's because that's just something that's kind of dear to me. Um, you know, Jesus said that that our money is tied to our heart, or vice versa, our hearts tied to our money. He said, "Wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be. So wherever you spend your money, your time." Your focus, wherever, whatever you give to, that's where your heart is, and that's what. And God wants your heart. He don't need your money. He's got streets of gold, but He knows that your heart is tied to your money, because money is precious. We have to work for it. It's not something that we can just go out and get off the trees or pull out of the ground, right? It's hard. It's it's sweat, and you know, sometimes, and and so God knew that money was going to be, our heart was going to be tied to our money. Um, 
And you know the tithe, when we talk about the tithe, the tithe is the first 10%, right? It's not a tenth percent. It's not a 10%. You don't go make the house payment and then go pay for your electricity bill and then tithe. You tithe first. The, tenth, the tithe is the first. You guys, I hope you guys get my heart about what I'm saying. Just looking at those small things. Some people might think, well, you're kind of splitting hairs. Well, yeah, I guess I am. Because that's how important it is to God. God is important. God thinks the small things are very important. Again, be faithful in the, in the small, and I'll make you ruler over much. And I know we all want to be ruler over much. We want God to be able to do that for us, if nothing else. But the tithe is the first 10%. And you know it's not 9.99999%. It's 10%. Right? If we give 9.999999, we're not obeying him. And we're not faithful. We're not doing what, he's, we're not doing what he says to do. And so I just want to encourage you guys tonight that in all that we do for him, let's do it to the fullest, right? Let's do every little thing. I truly believe that one day when we see him, when he appears to us, when we are taken up, however that looks, that I truly believe our hearts will be, Lord, I want to make sure that I did everything. We're going to, we're going to be really concerned then. Oh, I hope I did every, Right? So let's ready ourselves now. Let's not wait till then. Let's ready ourselves now. Let's make the small things an important thing to us. All right. Well, let's pray. Father, we thank you.